0: Good morning, everyone. I'm Dwayne Stolzfus, a professor in the commu- Communication Department, and I also am Director of the Corps, and it's in that role that I, that I get to coordinate the, the convocations. And I have to say, I, I, I look forward to these times when the full campus community, or, or it, f- it feels that way, nearly so, is able to, to gather together to be present in the moment and put away screens and and participate uh, as a community. Trust me, it's one of the most memorable times in uh, college experience. And this morning has added historical currency as we welcome President Rebecca Stolzfus to her position. She's in her second week and You'll learn to know her a little better through the course of our convocation this morning. I'll say just a little bit about the order of the program. She's gonna be introduced by her daughter, Lydia, who's a senior here, and then the president will share some remarks. Following that, we're gonna have a, a Q&A led by uh, two students, Abby King, who's president of Student Senate, and Des Lopez, a senior marketing major. After the Q&A, Ken Newbold, our provost here, who has served as interim president over these past months, will share some gifts with uh, President Stolzfus. Now, this is a good time to say that I may have been misunderstood in the communicator announcement. When I said there will be a gift bag, I meant a gift bag. (laughs) We don't have gift bags for all of you, although I wish we did. Maybe next time. All right, and then President Stolzfus will will close things out today. So right now I'd, I'd like to invite uh, her daughter Lydia to handle the introduction.
1: Good morning. My name is Lydia Miller, and I have the honor of introducing my mom, the new president of Goshen College, Rebecca Stoltzbuss. So you may already know that she studied chemistry here at Goshen College. She met my dad here. Um, They got married and they moved to Ithaca, New York, where my mom got her PhD at Cornell University. Um, In the 90s, they moved to Baltimore, um, where my mom taught at Johns Hopkins while my dad got his master's in public health, and later um, quit his nursing job to raise my brother and me, allowing my mom to continue to focus on her career. Later, we all, um, as a family of four, moved back to Ithaca so my mom could take a job at Cornell, and since then, she's been a professor and researcher, and most recently, Cornell's vice provost for undergraduate education. So these are some broad strokes of her career, but this morning, I'd like to introduce her not as an academic, but as a person. Because for a long time, I didn't know that she met with people like Bill Gates and the Princess of Thailand and had research all over the world. I just knew that she was my mom and that she came home in the evenings and helped me with my homework and brushed my hair and sang me to sleep with lullabies that she wrote herself. She's an artist, a pianist, a singer, a devoted watcher of Downton Abbey and American Idol. She spends her free time going for long walks with my dad and journaling in the early morning and cooking. She loves chocolate-covered espresso beans and she always falls asleep during movies. My mom takes a broad perspective of things. Growing up in any given conversation, she would take the topic and then zoom out you know, bring in all of these other insights. Which was sometimes annoying, like in middle school when I was trying to convince her to let me get a cell phone and suddenly she's talking about globalism and third world economies. (laughs) But she never let me think in an insular way. She taught me the value of long walks and good, thoughtful conversation. My parents, together, taught me how to navigate difference. They argue sometimes mostly about their competing theories on optimal dishwashing strategies, but sometimes about bigger things, and they eventually work it out with respect and grace. And sometimes they leave things unresolved, and it was from them that I learned that some questions are too hard to wrap up neatly, and that it's better to live into the tension of an open question than to repress or shut down or overpower or give in to fear. That's how she treats Faith as well, not as a set of rules or answers, but as a path full of questions, how to better find God in others, in the world, in herself, how to better understand what it means to live in love with justice and peace. Together, my mom and dad demonstrated what a good marriage looks like. They let their relationship be guided by a very strong undercurrent of love and commitment as they navigated decades of moves, job changes, parenting challenges. A big part of that, I believe, was their ability to address their flaws and mistakes, to be open about their journeys. They showed my brother and I that perfection is overrated and that authenticity and growth are what we should aim for. So at this juncture, I'm at risk of representing my mom as this perfect person, right? She's too good to be true. And as a Mennonite, I'm sure she's uncomfortable with that, Um, all this praise and accolade. So I'll tell a quick anecdote intended to take her down a notch before I turn it over to her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One time we were all in the kitchen. Um, My parents were cooking dinner, and my brother Gabe and I were stepping on their toes, getting in the way, um, stealing pieces of cheese and stuff like that, and generally being a nuisance. And my mom gets really fed up and says, if you want to be in the kitchen, you have to help. And so she says, here, wash this lettuce and chop it. And she looks at Gabe and says, catch. And she and she throws the lettuce to him, at him and, and Gabe's holding something, his hands are full. And, and we all sort of watch in slow motion as this head of lettuce like turns and, and twirls in the air and, and the thick, heavy, dense, rooty part of the lettuce lines up perfectly and s- hits him square in the nose and, and we were all pretty shocked. I think my mom was overwhelmed with trying to figure out whether to laugh or run and come for her son. Um, I think she did both. Um, so, the moral of the story is don't underestimate this woman, you guys. <laughs> don't underestimate her strength, and don't underestimate her capacity for care and compassion or her sense of humor. She's a good one. So, uh, why don't you come on up? Come on.
2: She's a pretty good one, too. <laughs> so thank you, Dwayne. Thank you, Jody, and the hands that put together that slideshow. Um, and thank you, Lydia. And good morning to you all. I am really happy to be here this morning. So all lives are a journey, and my journey has brought me here. And one of the people who journeyed with me here is my husband, Kevin Miller, and I want him to stand up so that you know who he is and can recognize what he looks like. (laughs) Um, So get to know him. He's an exceptional person. Um, He's also a Goshen College graduate, a double major in biology and nursing. So this morning, there is no place that I would rather be than here with you. I'm honored and glad to return to Goshen College because, as I've said in in other contexts, I'm optimistic about Goshen's future and I want to be a part of creating it. Last week, I sent a lengthy email to all the staff and faculty of the college. And this morning, I want to speak especially to the students. As I think about the future that we create together, I want to ensure that Goshen College continues to provide an excellent liberal arts education grounded in Anabaptist Mennonite values, an education that liberates students, that liberates you to explore ideas, the world, relationships, your own souls, to express yourselves through writing, discovery, action, and the arts, and ultimately to live a meaningful and creative life with a community and a job that you love. So notice that this is all about you. You are the reason that Goshen College exists. Sure. We faculty and staff and administrators have our own personal and professional goals. But together, as a college, we are here for you and for for who you are becoming. When we admit you to Goshen College and welcome you to our student body, we become for you. And as your president, I am here for you. So what do I want for you? Throughout our history, Goshen faculty have written a great deal about transformative education. And I stand behind that. And here's a simple definition. I want you to have an education that does not ask you to believe or disbelieve in any theories or doctrines or dogmas. Rather, I want your time at Goshen College to challenge you to try this. Then you will know something to be true or false for yourself. And I know that Goshen is asking you to try this in many ways, from throwing a pot on the potter's wheel, to solving a computer programming assignment, to writing a poem, or to finding a vein with a needle, or to improving your serve. But at an even higher level, I want to suggest today that Goshen College offers you four big propositions, four overarching opportunities to try this. So the first Goshen proposition is try this. Learn way more than you thought you could. At Goshen College, we take our academics seriously. And your professors, mentors, and coaches, and directors expect a lot from you. I hope that at the end of your first semester, or after several years here, you will look back at yourself as you entered this place and say, I can't believe how much I have learned. And I want to emphasize that learning a whole lot is a different thing than working super hard and getting stressed out. It's November, and if you're feeling stressed out and are having difficulties, you are not alone. That's what November is like on a college campus. College is meant to be challenging, but your stress level is not my definition of academic rigor. Your learning is. Sometimes you work really hard, and you don't learn much. Other times, your work is so fun And you are so in the flow that you learn a ton without feeling burned out. Pay attention to what gets you in that flow. A focus on learning is also very different from a focus on proving to yourself or to anyone else that you are smart. Trust your intelligence. Discover how much you can learn. My second Goshen proposition is, become a part of this trustworthy community. Humans are meant to live in community. We're kind of like ants or dolphins or elephants in that way. Often we're part of multiple communities, a family, a neighborhood, a school, perhaps a faith community. Goshen College is a community. And I hope that you will feel that it is your community. Try belonging to it. And I will do my part to, make, to help make and keep Goshen College a trustworthy community, which is different from a perfect community. You will hear Goshen College make us all sorts of bold statements about ourselves because we are an idealistic community. And I am well aware that we do not always live up to our ideals. But we will be trustworthy when we are honestly and openly striving, and if we are able to correct ourselves when things go wrong. If, when we are hurt, we are able to speak up about it. We are trustworthy when we are able to engage in dialogue and reconciliation intense competition, and crazy, healthy fun, and to show kindness and caring. We cultivate these capacities by practicing them. At our best, our community is not perfect, but has a kind of self-correcting quality, the capacity to learn, to stretch, to heal, and be healed. So try this. Show up, be yourself, be your whole self. Don't check your identities at the door. Bring them into the room. Speak up if you are hurt or if you see someone else getting hurt. Make yourself known, make your ideas known. Help to make and keep this a trustworthy community. My third Goshen proposition is You are a spiritual being. Let your soul shine. Now, you don't need to become a spiritual being or a spiritual person. You were born that way. We are all spiritual people. But I hope that your years at Goshen College invite you to explore deeply what that means, to claim faith, to try out new spiritual practices or deepen familiar ones, and to explore ideas about God, what is sacred, and who you are in relationship to that. As you know, Goshen College names Christ-centered as one of our core values. And we are also pluralistic and Anabaptist, which means that you decide, you choose, Your spiritual journey is yours, and I will honor that. Wherever you are on your journey, I hope that your Goshen College experience will be full of soul. One of my favorite writers is Clarissa Pinkola Estes, and she writes, one of the most calming and powerful actions you can do to intervene in a stormy world is to stand up and show your soul. Soul on deck shines like gold in hard times. And this is made more possible in a community like ours, a community that invites and supports that. Estes continues, struggling souls catch light from other souls who are fully lit and willing to show it. I hope that you will experience Goshen College as a community of souls fully lit and willing to show it. Every day I will try to be one of those souls for you and with you. My fourth and last Goshen proposition is this. Act to make the world a better place. The world needs you and Goshen College needs you. I often turn to these words from the United States president, Theodore Roosevelt. It is not the critic who counts, not the one who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the person who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds. The person who is actually in the arena. One of my goals as I begin at Goshen is to strengthen leadership development at all levels of the institution including student leadership. Even before my start date, I met with Roberto Perez, our Dean of Students, and other staff and faculty who are involved with student leaders on campus to talk about what we are doing with regard to student leadership development. I will strive in support of student leadership that is continually more inviting, inclusive, and empowered. This year, I want to engage all of us in thinking about the areas and directions in which we would like Goshen College to grow. Growth in the value that we offer to the world, and especially to you as students. To generate conversation about our desired growth, I'm hosting a series of dinner conversations in our home. I'm calling these Soup Talks, because we will eat soup and we will talk together. And I have planned dinners to accommodate all of the teaching faculty, 30 administrative staff, and 30 students before before Christmas. Students were nominated to these conversations by the Student Senate. I respect your leadership, and I want to hear your perspectives. The poet Mary Oliver asks, What do you want to do with this one wild and precious life? And I would paraphrase this morning, what do you want to do with this one wild and precious Goshen College education experience? So try this. Enter the arena. That's where you'll find me. Thank you. So welcome Abby and Dez. and I think you're going to represent the student body and asking me some questions.
3: Yes, alright, so first of all, thank you so much for allowing Abby and I to be up here with you and to be a little bit nosy and ask you a few <laughs> questions about yourself.
4: Go
2: for
5: it. And since we're all getting to know you for the first time, I feel like it's only appropriate to ask, what would you like us to call you? Madam President, (laughs) Becky, Dr. Stoltzfus? Yeah, any of those will work. Um, You can
2: always. (laughs) 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 President Stoltzfus is always a safe bet. Um, I like to use uh, Rebecca Stoltzfus in my bylines and writing and in formal introductions. But I also like being known and called Becky, and so Feel free to do that. I think you'll sense when that's right.
3: So Becky, <laughs> <laughs> as college right. students, we're constantly surrounded by all these amazing minds and professors that help facilitate the role of mentors in our college careers. So I'm very interested in knowing how have the mentors in your life and leaders helped shape the person you are today?
2: Um, One particular mentor comes to mind. His name is um, Jean-Pierre Habicht. He is um, uh, now a professor emeritus at Cornell University. He was one of my professors on my doctoral committee when I was a student at Cornell, and then he became a really trusted and valued colleague and friend and mentor um, in my years on the faculty there. What made him um, so valuable to me was that he did not hold back in, letting me, in telling me ways that he thought I could improve. <laughs> so um, on my committee, that was downright frightening at times. Um, but over the years, I began to see that his intense interest in my work and in the strengths of my work, but also the weaknesses of my work, was, um, was a way that he showed how much he valued and respected me. He knew I could take it. He knew I could deal with his ideas, and, and he, he gave them to me. The last conversation that I had with him, he told me how sad he was that I was leaving Cornell. He told me that he thought that I was making the right decision, and he supported me in coming here. And then he said, here are some things that I think you need to improve on. LAUGHTER when- <laughs> kind of gulped and I thought, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then I listened and I learned from what, from what he said.
5: Um, so as you mentioned, you worked at Cornell, which is an Ivy League college. So can you tell us a little bit about that and tell us why you came back to Goshen?
2: Yeah. So I love Cornell. I will always love Cornell. Um, the progression for me from Goshen College to Cornell was um, was terrific. Goshen prepared me fully and adequately for graduate study at Cornell. Um, and, and Cornell just challenged the heck out of me. Being at Cornell on the faculty, as well as being a student, meant being surrounded all the time by people who were um, unusually creative and um, capable and talented and, and confident, and so that was that's very stimulating. It's also it was also a place. You know, the downside of that is that it's it's a place where um, people are always competing, and there is a lot of competition that goes there about proving that you're smart. One of the things, one of the um, speakers that was brought in one time for a faculty development um, series was the woman, and I'm. I, can't recall her name, but she writes about the imposter syndrome or the syndrome that some of us face when um, you feel like you don't really belong and that you're an imposter. When she came to speak to Cornell faculty, it was standing room only. They were turning people away at the door. <laughs> so I, I think that that's, that's one aspect of, of the Cornell environment as well.
3: So during your speech, you mentioned all these plans and initiatives that you have um, that you're planning on fulfilling during your first few months as president. Now, I'm curious, what characteristics do you believe that you possess that will help make those things come true?
2: Um, Well, I'm, I'm passionate about this place, and I'm willing to work hard and to work urgently at the issues that that are at hand. Um, I take feedback well. I thrive on it. (laughs) Um, So I expect to learn a lot and um, to make a lot of adjustments as I go and as I adjust to this place and this community. I think I do that well. Um, I have high aspirations, and I I tend not to settle um, for the lowest common denominator in situations. Um, Yeah, and I think, not always, but I think usually, I'm I'm pretty good at at having conversations and, and listening and to getting where people are coming from.
5: I'm sure being back on campus brings back a lot of memories. Could you tell us about a special memory from Goshen College when you were a student here? Yeah. You know, when I went to, was a Goshen College student, we
2: didn't have the core. We had something like a freshman seminar that you signed up for. Maybe some of the older faculty remember this. And I signed up. I, I came in expecting to be a music major, graduated a chemistry major. Um, but. But I remember my freshman fall seminar because it was small, and I signed up for one that had to do with theater. So we were on, we were in the Humble Center. I love that place. I love that stage because it holds a lot of memories for me of being, um, yeah, I mean, literally on a new stage with with new people and really enjoying um, discovering how interesting and quirky and creative Goshen College students are.
3: So, this summer, I finally learned how to swim, which is a big achievement (laughs) for myself because I am 21. Thank you. (laughs) So, what is something in your life that you've achieved that you are the most proud of? Hmm.
2: Um. Gosh. Okay, so here's something that I've worked at a lot um, all my life because my research and my scholarship and my life as a faculty member at Johns Hopkins University and Cornell University depended on it, and that is building collaborations, building partnerships. So my research is entirely collaborative. It's not something that I do sitting behind a computer all alone in my mind. It's not something I do between me and a text. It's not something that I do alone in a laboratory, although those are all wonderful forms of scholarship. The kind of work that I do, um, because it is international and going on in countries um, not my own, all depends on, the, on collaborators and the quality of relationships and collaborations and partnerships that I build. So um, I've learned a lot about that over the years. And um, again, it's something that you never do perfectly, but hopefully you do it. Um, in a way that that you're learning and correcting and adjusting as you go on, so that you can create um, partnerships that are rewarding um, and fair for everyone involved in the collaboration.
5: Okay, so we'd like to thank President Stoltzfus once again for letting us pick her brain, so thank you.
2: Oh, you're so welcome. Um,
5: We hope that you students and faculty enjoyed this brief look into President Stoltzfus' life, and we encourage that you, you know, engage with her some more, so thank you. Yep, you're so welcome.
2: And some conversations can happen. Today, I'm going to be in the the dining hall having lunch. So I welcome you to stop by and introduce yourself. Tomorrow, I'm going to have lunch in the Leaf Raker. So if you um, want to have lunch in the Leaf Raker tomorrow, that's where I will be. But I look forward to to connecting with you. Trying to learn a lot of names right now. So if I've met you once and I forget your name, just I apologize in advance and just help me learn, I'll get there. Um, Ken, would you like to come forward? Uh, one thing that I want to, to say to you all is that um, I recognize the work that other leaders have been doing at Goshen College during President Brenneman's departure and during the interim period before my arrival, and each um, member of the leadership team in his or her own way has been paving the road for me to make this transition go smoothly. And I want to thank them publicly for that. And I especially want to thank Ken, who joined Goshen College to help lead at a critical time just over two years ago. And um, as you perhaps have gotten to know him, he is a man of um, unusual sensitivity, intelligence, and competence and he has led with an extraordinary degree of fairness and cheerfulness. Most recently, he's been working two jobs at once, as provost and interim president, and so I want us all to thank him this morning. Thank you, Kim. to work with you. Thank
4: you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all for that. It has been mm-hmm. truly an honor and a privilege to be here at the college over the last couple of years and especially the last few months as we awaited Becky's arrival and to be in the interim uh, president position. But today is also about welcoming Becky and I do have a few gifts for you. We do have a gift bag. So, <laughs> excuse me one second and let me uh, get the goodies for you. Okay. know it's not quite Christmas yet, but we'll we'll get started early I guess. First we have a scarf, a purple and white Goshen College scarf for when you're out. The weather's starting to turn cold, so as you go and represent our community and share with the world, you will be well represented. One thing I did learn in my four months as president is you will also have a lot of long meetings, and it does take a lot of endurance, so we have a bag of coffee for you to keep you caffeinated or warm on a cool morning. Okay, thank
2: you. I love coffee. Good.
4: Lydia shared a little bit about your love for singing, and since as our College Song says we are always singing, so we have provided you your very own copy of the hymnal so that (laughs) you can find some solace or just break out in song whenever you choose.
5: (laughs) Good, good.
4: And just so you don't get locked out of your office or any other door on campus, we have a master key for you, so you can always find your way in. We can thank the weather and the physical plant team for turning off the fountain, so we will not be dunking you today, but that doesn't mean it won't be coming, so just in advance, we have a a mask for you to prepare for. And then finally, a more serious gift. On behalf of the college, We have the Presidential Medallion, which you can proudly display in your office and to use on the formal occasions that require this, such as graduation and representing the college externally with your peers. So welcome, Becky, and we are so happy that you're here. It's
2: just such a The, the goggles are particularly fitting, because I hope that you noticed in the slideshow that I have lived like a journey of styles of glasses over the decades. <laughs> so this is, this is a new one to add to my collection. Um, I believe that we are finished. And so um, thank you so much for coming this morning. Again, I'll be in the um, dining hall later to greet you.